So, uh, well, good to see you all this morning. Uh, before I jump into what I want to talk to you about today, uh, I, I was just thinking this morning, man, there's a lot that has taken place over the past 30 days that some of you may not be aware of. Um, you probably certainly noticed the mess that we have out here in front, and thank you for being patient with that construction project and dealing with the mud and all that kind of stuff. But yesterday, there was a lot of, of work and activity that took place around the church, and there were, I don't even know how many people were here volunteering and working in different capacities, but there, there was a crew obviously working on our wall out here um, from early in the morning till well after dark last night. And so thank you to all of them and the progress that you have made on that. We appreciate you, and it's going to look great when it's done, so thank you for that. Uh, but then also, there was um, a crew that was working here inside the church. I don't know if, how many of you had an opportunity to stop by, but I mean, this place was jam-packed full of stuff. And the way that that came about, this is really cool. Um, you know, for those, most of you know that we have little groups that meet in different places on different days and times around here. We call them connect groups. And they meet for several different reasons. You know, first of all, they meet to just build relationships with each other. We, we believe that we live in the context of community. And so it's important for us to build deep relationships with each other. And you, you can't do that in a setting like this. But in a small group, you know, you, you can do that better. Uh, someone once said that uh, relationships don't happen in the context of rows. They happen in the context of circles, in small circles. And so we gather together for that. Um, connect groups also are great for developing a deeper relationship with Christ. We certainly want to use them for that. Uh, but they also um, are a great opportunity to, to be able to serve together in a group. And here a few weeks ago, one of our uh, connect groups, the, the, the Kozak Kapetsky group, came to me and said, hey, you know, um, and many of you know this already, but but Becky Rabel has been fighting cancer again, and there's lots of mounting medical bills for that. And so a group came, they came and said, you know, God has just really laid them on our hearts, and we'd like to do something to help offset some of those financial burdens. And so what we've come up with is we'd like to just do a huge rummage sale and allow people to donate so that we can bless them and help them in that way. And so um, I, I was like really excited about that because it's like, yes, that's what groups are supposed to do. That's one of the purposes of the group. And we have other groups that do other things. I know, like for instance, um, uh, the Kruger group, they go and uh, regularly meet and minister, hold a church service for an assisted living uh, facility. That's awesome. Those are the types of things that we want to do as groups. So anyway, the Kopetskys and the Kozaks came and said, could we do this? Said yes. And so they transformed this place into a huge, I don't even know what to call it, Nikki, but a huge uh, rummage sale almost type thing. And there was stuff filled in here and people were in and out of here all day long. And I think the end total was where you were able to raise about $2,600 through your efforts. To, yeah, so very cool. Very cool. So thank you to everybody who served. And I know that went beyond your group. You reached out to other people. But to all you who served and all you who donated. And so that's one of the cool things that happened. And I wish I had time to tell you all the stories. But Nikki shared with me some of the stories of, you know, kind of the residual effects of why we serve. We served in that particular capacity to help bless some people financially that belong to us, that we love. But I was also told that there were several other stories that came out of that from people who came 
came in and we were able to serve by blessing them with the stuff that was here. And so for just one quick story, um, and help me, nod at me if I'm telling the story right. If I'm not telling it right, just keep nodding anyway, because it'll be a good story anyway. Uh, but my understanding was there was a lady that came in, two kids, and pregnant with her third, had not been in the country very long from Iran or Iraq, someplace in Iraq in the Middle East. Husband had not been able to come over yet, but had moved over, you know, trying to give their family a better life. And so that she had gotten an apartment, her and her kids, and my, she, you know, my understanding was she had absolutely nothing. And so um, just the folks that were serving here had a heart for her and just blessed her. And she was able to get a bunch of furniture and clothes and toys and bikes for the kids and all kinds of stuff. And then some guys took and loaded up a trailer, took it over to her apartment, walked in and said, wow, she wasn't kidding. She had absolutely nothing. I mean, the, the apartment was completely bare. Dishes, utensils, all this kind of stuff we were able to bless them with. She was in tears at, at the church serving her and so we're just so thankful and so our volunteers came back energized because like wow we got to really serve in a tangible way we made a difference in this person's life she was blessed because somebody loved her and she was able to to meet the needs of her family and so and then and then we raised a bunch of money so everybody wins when we serve so yay god for that i think we ought to celebrate that And then I don't normally do this, but I, I, I'm going to this morning. I think, you know, again, the things that have been happening over the last 30 days, there's been a bunch of stuff that has happened around here that has really blessed us as a church. And many of you have, have noticed and made comments that uh, we got our new sign, finally, and so we're so thankful for that. And the great news about it is, I, I, I didn't ask permission to do this. I don't know if Josh is still in here, but thank you to Vivid Sign. They just did that for us. And so they blessed us with that. That was, yeah, so we can say thank you to them. Great job. And so we're so, so happy to have that. And then uh, there's things that have needed to be done around here a long time. We had a bunch of trees that were dead. And I, were worried, I was worried they were going to fall down on us this winter. And so uh, Blue Ox Tree Service Company came in and took out like five trees, cleaned up all the trees. And they just blessed us with that. And so we want to say thank you to them. Yeah. And so there's lots, of, there's lots of things that happen around here that sometimes you get to see, sometimes you don't see, sometimes you don't notice, but God is doing great things, and, and we get to say thank you for that. So I just wanted to acknowledge those things this morning, but uh, what we're here for is um, we want to, again, we want to encounter God is what we're here for. And so we've been, we've been starting, we started a series here last week that we're calling Primary Connection. I really felt like that God was leading me in this way because our main, our main purpose is we want to have continual encounters with God. We want to have continual encounters with the Holy Spirit. We want to continually be um, in this communication, this relationship with, with God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, God the Son. And so our primary connection is prayer. And so I really felt like that God was leading us into this series. I wanted to spend about four weeks just talking about prayer, which is our primary connection. In fact, it, it's, it's one of the primary ways that the Holy Spirit Spirit breathes into us and he equips us to live the kind of lives that God has called for us to live. We cannot live them on our own. We cannot do it on our own strength. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways that the Holy Spirit empowers us is by breathing on us as we intentionally set aside time to spend with him. And so we're talking about that and we're talking about how can we pray 
uh, with more frequency? How can we pray with more passion? How can we pray with more expectation? How can we pray with more power? How can we pray with more results? We all want that, right? And so that's what we're talking about over these weeks. And, and, and just to kind of guide our, our conversation, we're looking at four prayers that the Apostle Paul prayed. Uh, in fact, if you missed last week, I'd really encourage you to go back and watch it either on our website or on our mobile app. But I mentioned this last week that when you study the prayers of Paul, you'll find that he had this common habit when he prayed. He, he often would pray like this. He would say, I pray so that. I, I pray so that. In other words, I pray, the reason I'm praying, there's a specific reason over here that I'm praying for. I pray so that. And so the first prayer that we looked at in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul says, I pray so that you may be filled with power. Wow, what a great prayer. I pray that you would be filled with power. In fact, I pray that you would have the supernatural power that only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit to understand how much God loves you. Wow. I hope that some of you prayed that this week. I hope that you've been praying that prayer, not only for yourself, but also for your, for your kids, for your spouse, for the people that you love. That they would have the supernatural power to grasp how deep, how wide, how vast the love of God is. What a great prayer. We all need that, don't we? Well, this morning I want to look at a, another specific prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed. And it's found in a, in a tiny look, little book in the Bible. It's only one chapter long. And it's actually a personal letter that Paul wrote to a friend of his by the name of Philemon. Now, Philemon was just a regular guy. And he, he, you know, he, he was just a regular person. In fact, he was kind of a business type guy. And he hosted a small group in his house every single week, like many of you do. And, and so um, he, he hosted this group in his home, and, and, and what was a little bit different in his day and his age was that he lived in a, in a time and an age where people still owned slaves, um, which was the case with Philemon. And one of Philemon's slaves was this guy by the name of Onesimus, and he escaped from Philemon. And Onesimus ran, he ran away all the way to Rome. And he happened to meet up with Paul. Now, we don't know exactly how all this went down, but what we do know is that Paul led Onesimus into a relationship with Jesus. And, and so Onesimus, his life is massively transformed. I mean, he experiences the real deal. And so he's like, you know what? I need to go back and I need to face Philemon. I need to make things right on my end. And so what Paul does is he writes this letter to Philemon, vouching for um, Onesimus and encouraging Philemon to receive Onesimus back, only not as a slave, but rather as a brother in the Lord. And so that's just kind of the backstory. Now let's look at the prayer. In fact, uh, I just want to begin in verse 4. This is what Paul says to his buddy Philemon. He says this. He says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. And he says, I thank him for two reasons. 
One is because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus. And then secondly, he says, I thank God in my prayers because of your love for all the saints. In other words, he says, Philemon, I thank God for you. First of all, because you have this deep love for Jesus. But secondly, I just thank him because you have such a deep love for your church family. That you just, you just seem to love your church so much. And then in verse 6, this is what Paul prays. He says, I pray that you may be, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. Why? Now, I don't want you to miss this. I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith so that you may have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith so that you'll have a full understanding of everything that you have in Christ. Now, what I want to do for just a moment is I want to take a little liberty here this morning, and I want to read into this story a little bit. You know, sometimes when I read a story like this, I wonder, you know, what is the full backstory? What are the other circumstances that are taking place that precipitate Paul writing words like this? What are the, what are the circumstances that are going on? And so this morning what I want to do, I want to just give you my idea. Um, you're not going to find this anywhere in the Bible, but here's what I think very likely could have happened. And so I just want you to imagine this with me. So, you know, Onesimus, he runs away from Philemon. He winds up in Rome and, and by chance, which we don't believe anything happens by chance, you know, God is orchestrating everything. Philemon runs into this guy named Paul, and so they get to talking with each other. And Paul, Paul, you know, he's always telling people about Jesus. Man, Paul doesn't have a conversation with people without talking about Jesus. He is, he, like we sang this morning, you know, he's, it's, he's the breath in my lungs. And so it, when, I, when I, he, he, I breathe him in, I can't help but breathe him out. And so I can't help but talk to people about Jesus. And so Paul is talking to Philemon, or, or uh, Onesimus, and they're getting to know each other. And, and, and Paul begins to tell him about Jesus. And, and so Paul, in the process, he just tells his story. He says, you know, my life used to be an absolute mess. I was, I was full of hate. Man, I, just, I was so full of hate. I hated Christians so much. And so I was running around doing all kinds of horrible things. And then, then one day, I was on the way to Damascus, and all of a sudden, I actually met Jesus. I had this encounter with Jesus, and it totally transformed my life. I mean, he did this miracle, man. He, he, he stopped me on the road. And he blinded me. All of a sudden, I could not see. And he told me that I was to go ahead and go to Damascus to find this specific house. Remember, last week we talked about specific prayers. God will speak specifically as well. And so he said, go, go find this specific house. And then there's this guy by the name of Ananias who he'll pray for you. And when he prays for you, you'll be able to see again. And Paul says, wouldn't you know, man, I did exactly what he told me to do. I, I, I went to Damascus. I went to the place where I was told to go. I found the guy I was told to find. He did what he was told to do because God had already been talking to him. See, when God moves and when he tells you to do something, he's already going to be at work on the other end. 
And so we can have confidence when God tells us to do something, he's already working on the other end. And so Paul says, I got there, and, and, and God had already been talking to Ananias, and so he did what God told me he was going to do. He prayed for me, and miraculously, it was like these scales just fell off of my eyes. Now, now Paul says, all of a sudden, I can see again. And I think Paul was talking more than just I could see, you know, with my physical eyes. All of a sudden, I was able to see what I couldn't see before spiritually. These scales fell off of my eyes. Wow, and to think about it, that it happened because one person was obedient and prayed for another person. Wow, we need to pray, don't we? We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit says, do this, do it. Way too often, we're too scared to do it because we think, oh man, what's going to happen if it doesn't work out the way that I think it would? Listen, that's none of your business. <laughs> See, our, our, our business is being obedient to what God tells us to do. It's God's business, the results. That, that's his business. Our business is to be obedient. And so Paul tells his story, and he says, man, God just uses, he transformed my life. And Onesimus, guess what? He wants to transform you too. If he did it for me, he could do it for you. And so Onesimus, he hears this, and something happens in his heart, and he's like, man, I need that. I need my life to change. And so he prays, and, and boom, he's transformed. And so um, he and Paul, they continue their conversation, and Paul's like, you know, where are you from, Onesimus? And Onesimus is like, well... Um, I used to work for this guy by the name of Philemon. And Paul's like, Philemon? Dude, I know that guy. I know Philemon. Oh my gosh, he's so amazing. I mean, he, he's got this great little house church. He's got this group of people and they meet in his house. And, and Paul's like, wait, 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 wait a minute. You work for Philemon and yet you've never become a follower of Jesus? You, you work for Philemon who loves Jesus and he's got all these church people that he's talking to all the time and he's never taken the time to tell you about Jesus. And so Paul writes this letter. He says, hey, Philemon, man, I, I'm so thankful to hear about your faith in Jesus. And man, I, I'm so excited when I hear about how much you love the saints that's a good thing, to love the saints. I mean, you're doing such a great job, especially, especially in the area of loving other Christians. And, and again, this morning, if I can just read into this a little bit, I, I think maybe Paul is going, man, you know, Philemon, you're doing such a great job of caring for other Christians, but what about those around you who don't know Jesus yet? Don't, don't forget to share your faith with those around you that, that you're with every single day who haven't experienced the transforming grace of Jesus Christ. And so Paul says these words in verse 6. He says, I pray that you will be active in sharing your faith. Keep loving the saints. Keep caring for the saints. Keep gathering together with your church family. But I pray that you'll be active, that you'll be intentional, about sharing your faith. And listen, the reason that I think Paul might be doing this is because he knew 
that one of the most dangerous places for a believer to be is when we get stuck in an inward-looking, self-centered, it's all about us, it's all about me form of Christianity. You know what I'm talking about this morning? I'm talking about that place where our focus is so much on us that we forget to reach out and love the people that God has put in our lives every single day. The people that God has placed around us who don't know him yet. I'm talking about that place where instead of having an attitude of trying to reach out and be a, a light in, the, in a dark world, that instead, maybe because of fear, probably because of fear, we retreat and instead of reaching out, we kind of take this posture of self-defense, of self-protection, and of judgment. We protect ourselves from this dark world that is out there, you know, because there's so much darkness in the world and we want to protect ourselves from it. And friends, the last instruction that Jesus gave to his followers before he ascended, let me remind you of this. The last instruction he gave was, hey guys, uh, you know, this well, it was not, hey guys, this world is a mess, so you better protect yourself from it. You know, just go retreat, hide in your house, hide in your church, do whatever, because this world is a mess, you better protect yourself from it. No, instead, what he said is, hey guys, this world is a mess, go out into it and change it. <laughs> That this world is a mess, and because I'm going to live in you, see, see, when, when Christ walked this earth, he came in, in a human form. He was one person that could be in one place at one time, and there was only so much that Jesus could do on his own. And he said, guess what? When I leave, I'm going to do something so phenomenal. I'm going to send my spirit, the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, who will dwell in you. And so wherever you go, you get to be Christians or little Christ, Christians, and Wherever you go, that's where I am. So go do the stuff that I did. Go out into the dark world and be a light. Go out into the dark world and change it. Don't hide in your churches. Go out and make a difference. Share the good news. Baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Make disciples. He said, you're the, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. So don't run from darkness. Run into it. But we don't do that when we become self-focused and inward-looking. And Paul knew that. He knew the danger. Because that's not what we do when we become self-focused and inward-looking. Instead of lighting up the dark, we get wrapped up in stupid, silly things, you know? Things that a lot of churches get wrapped up in. Things that I'm glad that I can, I can, I can kind of brag a little bit. I don't think we get wrapped up in this stuff. But I've been around a long time, you know, and, and sometimes churches, when they begin inward-looking and self-focused, then they argue about silly stuff like the color of carpets or the colors that we paint walls or, or, or you know, um, the style of music or why doesn't that guy ever wear a suit? <laughs> we don't get wrapped up in that, right? And so you can almost hear Paul saying... But by the way, I usually wear a suit for two occasions, and one of them you don't really want me wearing the suit, uh, you know, in your presence at. So weddings and funerals, right? And so, so you can almost hear Paul saying, Philemon, don't waste your energy on all that stuff. 
Don't, don't waste it on that stuff. Instead, focus your energy on sharing your faith. Focus on sharing who I am with people who need to know me, is what Jesus is saying. And I know all of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, we would all say, you know, we, we, we already know that. We know that inward focus is wrong. We know that we need to be outward focused. But, but let me just share with you a, a sad reality. I just read this again this past week. We've talked about it before, but there have been several studies done on this and the state of the church, especially in North America. Um, I looked at several studies this past week, one by Gallup, one by Barna, another by Pew Research, and they all came to the same conclusion, and that is less than 2% of Christians actually share their faith with other people. 2%. So if we've got a, you know, close to 200 here this morning, four of us. Only four of us actually share our faith with other people if those statistics reign true for us. And, and, and not only that, um, only 2%, again, this is consistent, only 2% of Christians will ever invite an unchurched person to attend church with them. And sadly... Only about 5% will ever in their lifetime lead anybody to Christ. Lord, forgive us. As the body of Christ, Lord, forgive us. In fact, last year, the statistics say that over 50% of all the churches in North America saw absolutely no one Zero people come to faith in Jesus Christ. 50% of churches in North America saw nobody come to know Jesus. What in the world are we here for? What are we here for? And according to, to one study, you know, this is, this is, uh, those studies were done denominationally wide, nationwide. I, I read this last week a study that was done by our denomination, the Church of the Nazarene. Who, who indicated that even the churches, within the church of the Nazarene that are seeing people come to Jesus, they found that most of those are people who are biologically related to us. In other words, we're seeing you know, some of our kids saved, which is a great thing. We want to see our kids saved. Um, but according to their report, rarely are we seeing people come to faith in Christ who have little or no relational connection to those of us in the church. Again, God, forgive us. And our, our own statistics show we're doing better than that. We're doing better than that. But my heart is we have to remember what we're here for. Don't forget to share your faith. Don't forget what we're here for. And, and so this begs to question, all of this begs to question, if we know that it's important to share our faith, then why aren't we always doing it? Well, why aren't we? And I, when I say we, includes me. <laughs> this is for all of us. Why don't we do it more often? Why don't we share our faith more often? And I'm, I know there are, are a number of reasons. I mean, first of all, you know, we just live busy lives. 
We got so much going on, especially if you're families with young kids. I mean, we're rushing them to volleyball and baseball and basketball and all kinds of different things that are going on. We got school events and church events, and we do all kinds of stuff here that keep us busy. And we're just busy. I mean, we're building walls and we're having spaghetti feeds and we're doing all kinds of great stuff. We're busy, busy people and we work lots of hours and we, we got so much going on, we're just exhausted and our minds are, are busy all the time. We're busy people. We got so much going on. And I think in the midst of that, we have the tendency in the midst of our busyness to forget what's most important. We all do that. We forget what's most important. I think probably another reason that we, we, you know, that we don't do it more often is we just don't want to be that weird guy or that girl, you know, who every time you walk up to them, all they talk about is Jesus. And it's like, man, don't go around them because they're just going to overwhelm you because there's no sensitivity whatsoever. And we don't want to be that one weird person, you know, the Jesus loves you guy or the Jesus loves you girl that everybody makes fun of. And so we don't want to force our beliefs on people. And that's absolutely fair. We don't want to force our beliefs on anybody. But I think probably the biggest reason, and nod your heads if I'm on track on this. If not, i got to change my whole sermon. Um, but I think probably the biggest reason that most of us uh, don't share our faith more often is we just don't feel equipped enough. Is that right? That we're just not sure how. I mean, there's the want to, and there's the understanding that we need to, and yeah, all these other factors exist, but we just don't feel equipped enough to share our faith. We don't feel like we know enough, you know? I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, have, I don't have all of Romans memorized, and so I don't, I don't know the Romans road, and I don't know the five spiritual laws, and I don't know. I just don't know that stuff, and so I'm not equipped enough. If we just knew more, then we would do it more. And we feel like we don't know enough. And so if that's you, you're not alone. <laughs> you're not alone. But here's the tension that I want you to see. We think that if I understood more, then I would share my faith. But Paul tells us that's not how it works. He says, I pray that you will be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a fuller understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. In other words, it, it works the opposite. It's not, man, if I just knew more, then I could share my faith. What happens is, is when we share our faith, because we get equipped by the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden we begin to grow and we begin to know more. We, we know more, and our, our faith increases when, when we begin to share our faith and we begin to understand more. Let me, let me just illustrate how this ought to play out in your everyday life. This is what it ought to look like, okay? So it ought to look like this. Paul is praying that we would consistently do what? That's the top one. Say it out loud. Share our faith, share our faith in Jesus. And so we share our faith in Jesus, and when we do that, something very positive happens, and that is that lives are impacted. And so we share our faith, lives are impacted. Now, sometimes the lives will be impacted and that we just plant seeds. All we're doing is plant seeds. Remember, results are not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to be obedient. God handles the results. And so lives may be impacted because seeds are sown. Lives are impacted because love is given. Because you have to love somebody to share faith with them. 
And so lives are impacted, lives begin to get changed, which Paul says then we have a fuller understanding of all that we have in Christ. In other words, that there is something that supernaturally happens, again, and sometimes we, sh- we shy away from this, and I don't know why it is, of all, of all people, those of us in the church, we should not shy away from the supernatural. I mean, we, we live in the natural, but God is supernatural. And so if his activity is going to be um, done in our lives, it will be supernatural activity because that's just who God is. He's a supernatural God. And so supernaturally, God helps us to have a fuller understanding of what we have in Christ. And what I'm trying to help us understand this morning is we don't get that full understanding. We operate on a lower level spiritually a lower level of understanding at least when we're not actively involved in sharing our faith we're not receiving all that God has for us and so he supernaturally gives us a deeper understanding of what we have in Christ which allows us to have a greater outward focus see this is contagious I'll tell you what if you have ever or if you ever do lead somebody to a relationship with Jesus I tell you, we, we've got Celebrate Recovery to help deal with addictions. I'd love to have a bunch of people come and say, man, I've been addicted to just sharing people, you know, Jesus with people. Because it's addictive. It's addictive. There's no greater feeling. You have this fuller understanding. You become outward focused. And then you want to share your faith more, which impacts more lives, which gives you a fuller understanding and causes you to have a greater outward focus. And so you want to share more, which impacts more lives. And there's this cycle that goes all the way around. And so we're, we're, we're a people who pray, right? Our head should be doing this right now this motion right now. We're a people who pray. And last week, again, we started praying for what? Somebody say it out loud. Power. The the power to understand how much God loves us. And so today we're going to add something else that you can pray for. When we talk about prayer, sometimes we're like, I don't know what to pray for. I'm giving you stuff to pray for, okay? And, And this isn't mine. I stole it all. This comes from Paul, all right? This is something else we can pray for, is that we, we can pray that God would help us be active in sharing our faith, our faith, okay? And so what's going to happen, we're talking about prayer, what's going to happen over time as we develop these very specific focuses in prayer, God, we'll see that God will begin to answer very specifically. Remember I said last week that God cannot answer general prayers, His heart is not moved by general prayers. His heart is moved by specific, bold prayers. And so as you begin to pray specifically for people, and I would encourage you, pray this for your spouse, pray it for your pastors, pray it for the people in your Sunday school class or your connect group, pray it for me. Pray that we would be active in sharing our faith in Jesus. And when you do this, we've got a promise here. When you do this, the promise is that you'll have a fuller understanding of every good thing you have in Christ. Now, I better warn you up front, okay? If you'll actually start praying this, if you'll actually start praying, God, give me the opportunity. God, help me to be more active. 
God, open the doors for me to share my faith. I promise you, if you pay attention, you will have the opportunities even this week, maybe even today. You'll have the opportunities. They will come. But listen, you've got to be looking for them. I mean, I've prayed this prayer before, and the opportunity came, and again, because I was busy, and my mind was going a million directions, and an opportunity came, and I had a conversation with somebody, and I walked away, and all of a sudden, when I got quiet, God said, tapped me on the shoulder and said, remember what you prayed for? I just gave you an opportunity, And, and we miss it. And so we've got to be looking for them. And so here's what I want you to do real quick. Since, since, or what I want us to do, since um, most of us don't feel equipped, let me just give you three simple ways to share your faith, and these are based loosely on some stories in the Bible. The first way you can share your faith, which is probably the most effective way, is to just share your story. Every single one of us has a story. In John chapter 9, there's this story about a guy who was born blind, and when he meets Jesus, Um, Jesus heals him, and instead of rejoicing about it, the people that were around and watch this happen, they start debating, you know. First, the disciples start to argue about whose fault was it that this guy was blind in the first place. Maybe it was his parents' fault, or maybe it was his own sin, and so they argue about that. And then the the people that were around, they, they argue about whether this is even the same guy that was blind in the first place. Maybe this guy who can see just looks like the guy who was blind before, and so they're down doubting the miracle happened. And then the Pharisees, they gather together, and of all things, they start to argue. It was a Sunday when it happened, and they start to argue, or a Saturday it would have been, I guess, in those days, whether Jesus should have even healed on the Sabbath. I mean, should that have even happened? And so they're upset about that. And, and so they bring this guy in, and they begin to question him, and they start throwing all these questions at him, and he's, he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. I mean, I I don't know about all this theological stuff. I don't know about healing on the Sabbath or not the Sabbath. And I I don't know who's, you know, why I was blind, whether it was my parents' sin or my sin or the whole reason. All I know is this. Yesterday I couldn't see. Then I met Jesus, and I can see now. I don't know about all that other stuff. All I know is couldn't see, met Jesus, can see. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And the reality is, all of us have a story. We all have our own story. And, and some of you know, maybe your story is a really wild story, you know. But I want to encourage you this morning. Don't be embarrassed or ashamed. Tell your story. You know, I, 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 used, to, I used to smoke weed. I used to drink whiskey. I used to shoot heroin. But Jesus saved me. And for others, your story is not so wild. You know, for you, maybe it's I used to smoke Cheetos, drink NyQuil, and shoot squirrels. <laughs> but Jesus saved you too, right? And so whatever your story is, tell your story. And then watch how God uses your story to impact somebody else's life. Because remember, God is at work over here too. So A lot of times he'll bring somebody to you that can identify with your story. They're like, wow, I can relate with that. I mean, I'm just going through a divorce now. And you went through a divorce, and yet somehow God has seemed to be at work in your life. Or, or, Or I lost a child too. 
And I was so hurt and devastated by that. And I still feel so much pain. I don't know if there'll ever be healing. And yet God is at work in your life. And so maybe there's hope for me too. Just, just tell your story. This was my life before Jesus. I met Jesus. And this is what he's doing for me now. Really simple. The second thing is this. And this is a really easy one. Just invite your friends to church. Just, just issue an invitation. Say, you know, hey, man, I don't, I don't know if you go to church anywhere, but I would love to have you come with me sometime. I'd love for you to be my guest and come. Offer to buy them lunch afterwards. I mean, would it be worth the cost of lunch to see somebody's life transformed? Would you be willing to spend 20 bucks to see somebody encounter Jesus? Say, come to church with me. I'll take you out for lunch afterwards. And it's, it's that easy. In John chapter 4, Jesus had this interaction with this Samaritan woman, and her life's a mess, and he meets her at this well, and when he sees her, he, he, he sees everything that she's ever done. I mean, her life was a mess. She'd been married five times. Now she's shacking up with another guy. You know, she's kind of given up on the whole idea of marriage, but she hasn't given up on love, but she, this hole in her heart just hasn't been filled, and Jesus looks into her heart, and he says, woman, I know that you're thirsty, and you just keep going back to that same old well. But, but listen, I have this water. It's living water. And once you drink of it, you'll never be thirsty again. She understood what he was saying. He was saying, man, if you have to be in relationship with me first before any of these other relationships are going to work. And so she surrenders her life to Jesus. Well, Scripture says the next thing that she does is she runs out and she tells the whole community, hey, come with me. you got to come see this guy who knew everything that I did, and he's changed my life. He's made me a different person. She just invited them, come with me. Invite somebody to come with you. Come see. You, you, know, you, wanna, you, know, you wonder why I'm happy when everything around me is falling apart, come to church with me and find out why. You, you, you want to know why I, I just, I, things, you know, in the, in the midst of everything, I just seem to have hope. You, you want to know why when everybody else is talking about all the horrible things in the world and, and the terrible stuff that in the midst of it, I still know that God is good and I still have hope. Come with me and see. Just give it a try. All right, the third thing is this. This is a really simple one. Just, just, just live a life worth admiring. <laughs> I mean, just, just live, in other words, live in such a way that when, when other people see you, they want what you have. In other words, live out what we talk about. <laughs> I mean, don't just be hearers of what we're talking about. Be doers of what we're talking about. And, and live a life in such a way that when others are around you, they'll be like, you know, I don't know what it is about them. I don't know what it is that they've got, but I wish I had it. I don't know why they live the way that they live, but I just wish I had it. Paul and Silas did this. Um, and, and again, this is in the book of Acts chapter 16. They get arrested. They're thrown into prison. I mean, they're in this horrible spot. They're down in the belly. It's actually the sewage system of the prison where everything flows into them. And they're sitting in there, and they're, they're down in the midst of all of the mess, and they're shackled together. 
And instead of complaining and crying about, God, we've been out preaching your word, and this is what happens to us. What are you doing to us, God? Why are you like that? And everybody around listening, the word tells us that instead they just begin to sing praises. Shackled together in the midst of the mess. And they begin to sing praises. And in the midst of, guess what? Scripture says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And so, man, if you want to experience God, praise him in the midst of whatever you're going through. I'm telling you, it will change things for you. Your, your circumstances may not change immediately, but I'll tell you what, your attitude will change. You'll be able to rise above your circumstances. And so he, they're there chained in the midst of this mess and all this sewage, and they begin to praise God, and God shows up, and their chains fall off. And I'll tell you what, that'll happen for you. It may not be that your physical chains fall off, but I'm telling you from experience, your spiritual ones will. And so they fall off. And so, you know, the jailer who's there, he's responsible for these guys. And if, they, if, they, if they're gone, if they're missing, he's going to get killed. And so rather than waiting to be killed, he figures, I'm going to take my life my own way. I'm going to do it my own way. So he's right. He's getting ready to fall on his sword. And all of a sudden, Paul and Silas say, dude, what are you doing? We're still here. We're still here. And he's blown away. Why would you do that? I mean, why? I was listening to you guys. I could hear you guys. Why, in the, in the midst of how you're being treated, why would you react like that? And why would you stick around when you've been set free? Why would you do that? And so Paul and Silas are able to share with him why. And right then, he receives Christ because he says, man, I don't know what it is that you guys have, but I want it. So we want to live a life where others become hungry for what we have. That's the reason that we're going to pray this prayer. God, every day, give us the opportunities to share our faith. God, God, we pray for those that we love, that they would be active in sharing their faith. We're not going to pray this just for ourselves, but we're going to pray this for each other. God, I pray that you'd give us the eyes to see divine opportunities so that we can share our faith. Why? So, so that we'll have the full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. We'll have an outward focus. We'll share our faith even more and we'll have a positive spiritual momentum. And so, so this week, every day, I encourage you, pray. Pray, God, give me the power to understand how much you love me. And once I understand how much you love me, I'm not going to be able to contain it inside of me. So, so help me to be active and give me the opportunity. Give me the courage to share my faith with somebody else. Always be ready, we're told in 1 Peter. Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have in Christ Jesus. And when you do that, when you share your faith, guess what happens? Your faith grows. I mean, you're having this conversation with somebody and you don't know what to say. You know, you're supposed to say something and you're not sure what it is. And, and so you say a quick little prayer, Holy Spirit, help me in this situation. You provided me the opportunity, but I'm not sure I can do this. And so would you just help me out? What should I say? And then all of a sudden, I can't tell you how many times this has happened. All of a sudden, a verse that you read pops into your mind and it fits the situation. Or a memory of, of a similar experience you had, and it fits the situation. The Holy Spirit drops just a word on your heart. The Holy Spirit 
I'll tell you, if you pray this prayer, he'll lay somebody on your heart to pray for. And then the opportunity will pop up. And, and, and you'll be like, wow, you know, I was praying for that person. And all of a sudden, you gave me an opportunity. How can your faith, how can it not help but expand? But not only that, when you, when you share your faith, Paul says this. He says, you'll be reminded of what you have in Christ. Man, sometimes we need to share our story so we can remember what Christ has done for us. When we share our story, we're like, oh man, I forgot about that. I forgot how desperate I was. I forgot how hopeless I was. I forgot how messed up I was. And God, you have just really done a work in me. And, and I tell you, we begin to understand how much Christ has done for us and how much we have in Christ. We'll have the full understanding. And so for some here this morning, you know, there, there may have been a time when you were really passionate about Jesus. And, and if the truth if the truth were to be known, now you're not so much. I mean, there was a time when you first came to Christ and you were so passionate. Now, now not so much. Can I, can, I, can I just suggest this morning that maybe the reason that some of that passion has gone is because you stopped sharing your story. You stopped sharing your story. And when you stop, something happened on the inside. Because when we're sharing our story, there's something that happens on the inside. You're telling people the story of the gospel, and you're talking about the forgiveness of sin to people who have never realized that God could forgive their sins. And when you do that, there's an excitement that is, is carried with that. It's like, it's like all of a sudden, I'm hearing it for the first time again when I'm sharing it. When you're on the front lines and you're talking about the goodness of God, you cannot be lukewarm. Suddenly, you know, you're having this deeper understanding, a deeper understanding of every good thing that you have in Christ. And when you share, lives are changed. And so you have a deeper understanding and you have this outward focus. And so it causes you to just want to share more and more and more. And so that's why I'm praying every day I'm praying this for you. I'm praying this for me. I'm praying that you would have the power because you need spiritual power. I'm praying that you would have spiritual power. I'm praying for our church community that we would be active in sharing our faith in Christ because when we do, we'll get to see lives change, more lives change. And when we're actively sharing our faith in Christ, then we'll have a fuller understanding of all the good things that we have in Christ. And, and therefore, it causes us to better please God in the things that we do, the way that we live our lives. And so, I want to invite the band to come. I just want to pray for you this morning. As they're coming, Father, today, I just would ask that you would help each and every one of us be active in sharing our faith. And I want to thank you in advance, God, that this week, that you are going to provide opportunity after opportunity after opportunity for us to share the good news and the love of Jesus with somebody.
And for those of, of, of you that are here this morning who are followers of Jesus, I, I want to I ask you, if, if you would just be bold enough to add this to your prayer for the things that you pray for, that, that each and every week, that you would pray each and every day this week, that, um, that, you would, that God would give you the love that you need in your own life, and then, and then pray that you would be active in sharing your faith. And so here's what I want to do. If you're, with every eye closed and every head bowed still, if you would be brave enough, see, we're going we're gonna to make commitments to each other. If you would be brave enough to, to just pray those two prayers, God, give me the power to understand your love and give me the opportunity and the courage to share my faith. Would you just slip your hand up real quick? Yeah, all over this room. Thank you. You can put them down. I'm telling you what, if each of us would follow through with that commitment, we could change this city. Twelve people change the destiny of a planet because they had encountered a risen Savior. And if 150 of us who raised our hands, if we would be willing to do this, think of what God could do in and through us. Father, I thank you. I just want to thank you in advance that, that those who we love are going to go closer to you. As you hear this prayer and as they see opportunities to share their faith, I, I thank you that those that we love are going to go, grow closer to you. God, I thank you that, that as we pray for the opportunities, you're going to give them to us. God, I thank you that even before this day ends, that there are some who are here this morning, that you're going you're gonna to give them maybe multiple opportunities to serve somebody in the name of Jesus, to love somebody in the name of Jesus, to encourage somebody in the name of Jesus, to pray for somebody in the name of Jesus, to listen to somebody who is hurting and to point them toward the goodness of your son, Jesus. And God, I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to discern. Give us the wisdom to discern the right time to share your goodness. And God, I pray that every single day that we would be reminded of and we would be committed to to pray prayers like this, that, that we would be active looking for those divine opportunities to share our faith so that the lives of the people around us could be transformed like you're transforming our lives and that we ourselves personally would continue to grow in understanding of every good thing we have in you. We thank you this morning, Father. Let, let, let that breath be breathed into us as we pray. Breathe into us. God, God, as we live our lives, let us live as we've spent time breathing in your goodness. So as we breathe out, Everywhere we go, we would breathe out God. We would breathe out the goodness of Jesus. Thank you for being the breath in our lungs. We love you.
hey, could we just do this as a way of wrapping things up? I want, I want the band, I've asked them to come back and I just want to close by singing that song again. You're the breath in our lungs. And here's what I want to challenge you to do. Don't just sing it. Don't, don't just sing the song. Make it your prayer. Make it your conversation. You're the breath in our lungs. Would you stand with us and let's wrap things up by singing this together. You give Father, again, that's our prayer today, that you would fill us, that you would breathe upon us, help us to put ourselves intentionally in the place where you can do that, and that's the place of prayer, that you would be our primary connection all as we go through all this week. Help us, help us, Father, each of us to have meaningful times of prayer with you, to just carve out the space and the time to meet with you, and then, Lord, launch us. Launch us wherever you see fit. Provide the opportunities. Launch us. Father, as you breathe into us, may we breathe out your love onto the people that we come in contact with. And so, Father, that's our prayer as we leave and go throughout our week this week. And we pray it in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ, the one who is faithful and true and who will do what he said he will do. And so we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.